Hey friends, thank you so much for joining for another amazing episode. But before we get started, I have a quick announcement and I'm going to make it quick, I promise. Now, remember we're talking about the contest. It starts this week for 10 weeks leading up to my 100th episode. Also, we're looking for 10,000 downloads and not to mention the Olympics is right at the end of our contest. So here's the thing. This is how you can win on a weekly basis. What I'm asking is everybody to go subscribe, give us a five star, give us a review, uh, screenshot me and tag me on Instagram at sylviedeu underscore cyclist and you will go in to win that week. I will be going on live, well, I'll be making the announcement Friday on my coaching episode as to who wins the prize. So please share this with your friends, go in and put a great comment and put your notifications on. You don't want to miss out your opportunity to win. And I'm going to have an overall prize for everybody who subscribes from now until the end of the contest. Thanks a lot, guys. And I so appreciate you. Have an amazing day and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Secrets in the Saddle, all things cycling with your host, Sylvie Daou. And we have the amazing Ariane Banam, who is here. She's one of our Canadian track athletes and road cycling. We're going to dive into that. But she is in Toronto, well, in Milton training on the track for Tokyo Olympics. So we're going to dive into all that's going on there but here's a little intro before we really bring her out and we get into um you know getting to know Ariane okay so she's 26 <laughs> she's from Gatineau Quebec woo, right down the street from me um and she's been racing for around 15 years and 10 of those were on the track so this is like the latter part she's been part uh, she's been part of the cyclery racing team. So here's another, uh, the ladies who have, you know, absolutely um, excelled through that race team uh, since 2013. She's also a member. Um, she's also the member who's been on the team the longest. I was like, hey. <laughs> um, she's qualified for Tokyo, as I mentioned, on Team Pursuit Squad since fall 2017. And she's participating, she's been, part, she's participated in three world championships and Commonwealth Games with them since. She's also been cycling on the track. Oh, she started from on the short track speed skating and moved into cycling at the, at, in grade seven. So she is currently 
uh, studying in health sciences and sexual health, and she would like to move on in midwifery to a midwifery degree and pursue that after her cycling. So we're going to talk about that too. So welcome, Ariane. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> well, it's cold here. I don't know what, what it's like in uh, Milton right now, but you get to ride inside a lot. So yeah, <laughs> it's be... pretty similar right now. It, it was warm for a bit and then um, got cool again. <laughs> I know like yesterday was gorgeous and today is like zero degrees. I don't know. So what I love to do is really to dive into the background um, and where and how did you get? So we know that you came from short track speed skating. How did you get into cycling at such a young age or like in, as a teenager? Yeah. Um, yeah, I did my first race like the summer between grade six and grade seven. Um, yeah, I've always been very competitive um, in, in all sports. Like I've done tons of sports. The ones that stuck with me the most was basketball, speed skating, and cycling throughout um, like end of end of elementary school and kind of beginning of high school. Um, and yeah, I kind of started doing some racing on the road with um, with speed skating and they just it's I mean it's pretty good for cross training um, for for the short track so yeah we started doing that they started a little club um, around Gatineau with the the speed skating club uh, we did it for a few years I did the three sports at the same time for a few years um, and then ended up quitting basketball and speed skating pretty much at the same time when I injured my knee and obviously those sports with the running and the skating are quite hard on the knees and cycling was really the only one I I could do uh, with no pain and yeah at that time it's pretty hard for like a 14 15 year old to you know, I just wanted to to race and to be competitive and to participate and be with my friends. And I, you know, I couldn't really do that in basketball or speed skating. I was, I had to do rehab and being benched and stuff because I couldn't play or race. So, I mean, I wasn't really into doing that whole rehab thing. It was just kind of, <laughs> I couldn't, was like, I can do it. I'll do it. Sounds great. Um, and then so you're able to get right onto the bike, regardless of what happened to your knee, like at that time. Yeah, it well, yeah, it was the one thing that didn't give me much pain. I had a like I had a bit of knee problems uh, throughout throughout cycling. Um, it wasn't yeah, it was definitely the one thing that like I could do though. Um, with some some rehab and physio as well, but not not as bad as the the running and all in basketball. Oh yes, that's right. And so Ariane mentioned the kids club, which is actually called the Kuzdal. And it's um it's a club that my kids are actually in, 
which was kind of cool because um, they're a pretty prominent young kids club. Um, and it's cool that they, you know, produced, I don't know um, who else has, um, you know, gone on to pro racing like yourself from that club, but it's kind of interesting that uh, that's where you came from. Now, moving forward. So you, you got into the club and that's kind of where you decided to um, get into one sport. And so where did it go from there? Because you got picked up by cyclery and how did that all happen? Yeah. Um, so I did, I raced on the Quebec circuit as a youth for, I mean, quite a while. I did definitely like four or five years of it. Um, it's so well organized. I, I really, really enjoyed it. We had like five or six race weekends a summer that were like three races in, in two days over the weekend. So that was really awesome. Um, I did that and I did, I rode track for the first time, I think my last year cadet, which you would be 16, I think. Um, yeah, 15 or 16. So that was kind of my first time I rode in Bromont with um, oh, okay. yeah. one of my friend. Um, so that was the first time. And then I raced a bit. Um, yeah, I did, I did nationals uh, as a cadet. It was actually pretty funny. Um, one of the story from my first track national as a cadet my one of like my best friend Kinley Gibson which used to be also on the, the women's team pursuit squad we yeah. both raced there she was also brand new to track um she came from Alberta she was the only girl that wasn't from Quebec that flew to Vermont oh. to race and I mean I had no idea who she was but we got last and second last um <laughs> That's awesome. and and I was just I had no idea who she was but I was just so happy I beat that Alberta girl um and now like moving on something like seven years we're both um on the women's national like team pursuit squad um racing world cups and looking at each other together. so yeah <laughs> so you well, know it's fun. not it kind of tells you that it's not only all talent from a young age that, that makes it a difference, I guess. But um, yeah, that was a that was pretty awesome. And yeah, so did she, I got did she race? And, sorry, yeah. did she race on cyclery as well? Yeah, no, yeah. So it's kind yeah. of like yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Um, I do miss her dearly. Um, yeah, so I got on the cyclery in 2013. I raced with the OBC for a little bit before that, okay. a couple years. Yeah. Um, and then my second year junior, Jenny approached me wondering if I would want to be on the team. And like, obviously, yes. By that <laughs> time, it was quite a, like a young team. I think it was maybe Jenny's second year directing it. Um, it wasn't as well established as it is now but I mean that sounded pretty cool um racing being able to race I was the only junior so being able to race with older women 
um i mean older they were like u23 but for me yeah. um and then jenny, i knew yeah. jenny from the ovc because she coached yeah uh, she coached us for a bit um kind of after her accident and her concussion um and i think she did before i it's a bit of a blur, but I know she was there before and then she she was gone for a bit and I was like, where where is she? Um, I remember I remember hearing her the Jenny True is now, you know, part of the OBC and Don working with Don. Yeah. I was like, oh, who's this Jenny True girl? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, I was looking for for coaches for my club, but it's funny, like just looking back there, oh my gosh. And like yeah she did great things and then moved quickly on to uh cyclery and yeah. and uh, built quite a crew of uh women yeah um so yeah I've been on the cyclery ever since um I think the goal of the cyclery was always to kind of bring people to um to the pro ranks which I feel like I failed doing <laughs> since I've been on what? the team for like nine <laughs> years now um yeah but they've always supported me through my my track goals which has been I mean incredible um I've never had the pressure to race during the summer if I had to prepare for a track event or just had to do a like a big block of training um so I've always had their support through everything I definitely couldn't have done it without them um Jenny Chris and, and Vince from at the cyclery as well like the the support also in just in equipment from the cyclery is is huge like it's so expensive to to race um yeah to race bikes I mean we all know it <laughs> and, oh yeah <laughs> yeah having that support has been absolutely huge for me um so I'm glad I'm I'm still around nine years later. <laughs> like I think you far succeeded your expectations from what you're talking about. And it's funny because like I'll, you know, all the girls that I I interview, they all had a like well not all the girls like most of the Canadian girls have had like been coached by Jenny. And now, and then they're, most of them are in the track or on the track. And now Jenny's on the track. So it's just kind of like everybody's like, kind of like migrated there together, but I know she's not your coach. So she's exactly, yeah. taking care of a whole different. So I know you like road and I know you like track. What between the two that, you know, like, you know, the pros and cons, like, what do you like better? Cause um, you were asked to, um you know phil be part of the um the canadian pursuit team or you qualified for it so now are you mostly in the track do you get to go out riding or do you get to do some road racing yeah um it's definitely with team pursuit we can uh we can and we kind of have to race both um on the road and on the track um, like if you look at all of the world, most of the team pursuit riders um, are, especially on in Europe, like a lot of men are on the world tour or racing pro, uh, just like the women's 
Um, so it's very important to, to kind of keep that um, more aerobic part of training into the equation. It's, it's Team Pursuit is a very um, funny and complicated beast and it's very anaerobic in one way and very aerobic in another way. So you kind of have to merge those two together at the right time, um, at the right place <laughs> to be able to, to deliver a performance at the end of the day. So uh, yeah, definitely keeping a lot of road. Um, we don't have any road racing right now. So it makes the Olympic buildup a bit different than what we hope for, but we're, we're adjusting. Um, but yeah, the difference between road and track, I mean, I really love both of them for sure. They're different. Um, I've had a lot of success on the road. Um, I, I mean, I picked track because First, I mean, it's awesome. Team Pursuit is amazing. Um, I definitely had more success and more chances of achieving my my Olympic goals um, in track for now. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how it, it came around. Um, I actually, it's funny because sometimes I wonder what it would have, kind of look like um, in 2017, I had actually signed a pro contract with Cola Vida to race with them in 2018. And unfortunately, they folded at the end of 2017, um, when Cola Vida just decided to kind of pull the plug on the sponsorship. Um, and that's kind of also at the time when I got into the elite team pursuit squad. So I, sometimes I kind of wonder what would have happened if I would have raced with Cola Vida in 2018, if I would have decided to go on the road or, or if I would have kind of decided to still do both. But um, I guess I'm here now going to the games, hopefully uh, winning a gold medal. So I mean, there are worse things, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would say maybe it, it happened for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> like you weren't, you weren't supposed to go to Europe and, and race over there. You stay in Canada and, and go for gold at Tokyo. Yeah. So let's just move into this the topic about Tokyo. Um, first, you know, like, how do you feel with having such... Um, big expectations well let's first before we can get into that can you give us a bit of an insight as to is Tokyo going to be postponed or are they going forward with just like a very closed um, environment for the Olympics like do you get updates frequently on what's going on or do you just stay training we definitely do get updates on how it's going to happen. Um, right. They're, they're not going to be postponed if they're not to happen in the dates that they planned. They're just canceled. Um, that was the, they said that we're only going to postpone them for a year. So if it doesn't happen this summer, then it's just canceled. Um, we haven't heard anything from that. And honestly, I just, 
don't want to think about it. Like if it happens, it happens, but I do not want to worry about that. Um, I think not there's no really. point of, you know, there's no point of thinking about it. Like, I don't want to be worried about whether it's going to happen or not. And I just, I would rather as an athlete be ready to win a gold medal and have it not happen than spending too much energy worrying about whether it happens or not and not be ready for for when race day comes so i'm trying not to think about that we're getting quite a bit of updates about protocols though once we get there such as like we need to stay in the village um not see anyone outside of our bubble wearing masks um leaving quite early after our last competition yeah obviously not being able to go see any other sports um so it'll be quite closed off and a lot of the like olympic experience will be a bit taken away from us but i mean i'm just glad that as of now we're we're racing on on august 2nd so um that's that's all i care about right now <laughs> yeah no seriously i'm with you like if you the best thing is to not put any stress on yourself thinking that far ahead. And, and I would imagine if, and there, if you're an Olympic athlete or an athlete training for the Olympics right now, you wouldn't be putting yourself in jeopardy anyways, um, while you're training and preparing, you know, cause I can imagine right now that you're probably keeping your limitations to a minimum home track grocery store <laughs> exactly yeah yeah it's, it's pretty funny I was actually supposed to come home to Gatineau this weekend and oh. made the call last minute to stay here because with the the border closure between Gatineau and Ottawa um, most of my resources for training like gym physio and stuff are all in Ottawa and I just the stress of having to like show people papers to cross the border and the stress of maybe not having access to that. I was just like, I'm just gonna stay here. Um, I mean, yeah, Ontario's on a full lockdown right now and it doesn't feel that much difference for us here because even no pandemic, like all we do during training is like, being at home, going to the track, going to the store, <laughs> yeah. eat, right sleep, outside. Train. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it doesn't feel too much different here right now, except that you need to get in line for the grocery store. You need to wear a mask at the track. But other than that, we're pretty lucky that they allowed the velodrome to, to keep open only for Olympic athletes. So it's only the people who are qualified for Tokyo that can enter the velodrome and obviously coaches and, and mechanics and stuff, but um, yeah. Your own training awesome. times and that's it. It's just you guys. Yeah. There. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. So now like you're doing all of that and you're in school. So explain mm -hmm. how your day works. Cause <laughs> Hey, you need to have something outside of training. I imagine to keep yourself busy and keep your mind you know on something else sometimes how is that working and um where are you going to school 
right now. And I guess it's all online, obviously. Yes, all online. I'm actually done in three days. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and won't be, yeah, won't be in having to do courses until the fall. So in three days, it's um, all beans to the games, uh, which is pretty exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm doing some school uh, part-time kind of not too crazy. So my, you know, my days are in filled with with school either. Um, I have time to to relax and take care of myself and be able to, you know, recover from training. But um, yeah, I've been doing kind of two courses at a time um, through Laval in, in Quebec City. Um, so right now I'm doing a sexual health program um, in the hope to that it will help me get into midwifery. Um, it's a very competitive program to get into midwifery. So I'm, and I'm in no rush of getting in either. Um, I don't really want to start until I'm, I'm fully done with, with competing at a high level. Uh, since it's, it's pretty intense, it's full-time, in-person, um, some of the school don't really allow you to, to take a leave. Um, so I just wouldn't want to have to stress with that during, during cycling still. Um, Wifery so, would be more hands-on, like in class. Would it be? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing right now about it. Um, but it's definitely, there's no online program for sure. Um, that in Laval as well? You're going to do it in Quebec? Uh, I'm hoping to get into UBC in Vancouver. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, but... Yeah, go over we'll... to Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Victoria. <laughs> get away from this weather. Go over there. Yeah. Sounds kind of nice. <laughs> But did you say in September? Um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't apply. I still haven't applied. I. Yeah, once I'm done cycling, which I don't really know when it is, but um, <laughs> yeah. So there's no real timeline, but I like the fact that you know where you're going and what you want to do. Yeah. Some, some people are kind of like, oh, I'm not quite sure. And um and I think it's kind of important to have that, you know, plan. It's not, it's not like a plan B, but like a future plan. Um, because now thinking about where you are right now, how long, like, what is your five-year, say like your five-year goal um, for your future? Now you said, well, you're not really sure you're not finished. Do you have an idea of, you know, after Olympics, like what, what you'd like to pursue, like what is after Olympics for you? Yeah, it's, it's a hard one. I don't really want to put a deadline on it. I, I definitely want to keep doing it for as long as I enjoy it. Um, you know, I've been asked a lot if I would be there in Paris, which is now only three years away. <laughs> um, oh, in Paris? Oh, and, okay. I, I don't know, like, I, you know, I don't want to put a deadline on it because I, yeah, I just want to do it for as long as I enjoy it. And 
I don't want to put the pressure on it to have to keep going for another three years on the track if I if I don't want to. Um, yeah, and I think I've always kind of taken it year by year um, in cycling, even even before this. I mean, I've always wanted to go to the games, but I think every year um, it, it's a thing of mine, like just saying like, I might be done this year, like kind of helps me just knowing that I have this option really makes me I, I don't know how to say that, but knowing I have the option to quit anytime I want makes me really realize that I'm doing it because I want to and not because I put a deadline and I have expectation from people around me either. So I don't think like I don't want to be done after Tokyo. Um, I actually have one of my goals is to go to Commonwealth Games, which would be only the year after. Yeah. 2022 um, with the next gen squad and hopefully kind of mentor them into team pursuit and I have some goals for for the individual pursuit I'd like to I mean I'd like to win it um, so having more individual goals um, and helping the next gen um, and Jenny squad I think yes I was gonna say Jenny squad <gasps> yeah oh yeah it's definitely I mean like it's definitely kind of important for me to help them. Most of my teammates right now are retiring. They've been around for like a few Olympic cycles now. And, you know, most of them are ready to move on. And I think it's something for me that being like, once I got in the team with them was so helpful and just having their knowledge and being able to train with them at speeds that I had never gone to um, was like massive for my development as a team pursuiter. And knowing that the next gen and possibly the girls who are gonna represent Canada at the Paris Olympics won't have this opportunity to learn from, from my team. Um, I mean, it makes me pretty sad. Um, there, there's definitely a lot of talent there. And if I can help them with my knowledge, what I learned um, with World Cup experience, World Championship, and, and I'm going to have, you know, Olympic experience soon. Um, if I can do that, I mean, I would love to. Whether I keep going to Paris with them or not, I don't know yet. But I definitely, one of my goals is to, you know, give them as much knowledge as I can before before I go to like, you know, bring the, bring the knowledge down and, and keep, yeah, keep having a successful. Well, I think that's always good as a, as, yeah, as an athlete to start giving back and to the next level of kids um, coming up through the ranks. I mean, I think having somebody like you would be, you know, uh, I was to say like, um, invaluable just like having jenny but having somebody who comes off and you know um you know off the olympic cycle and you've got your own goals but you also have time to give back to you know a club that's actually you know in the same velodrome i think that would be amazing and um 
you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll happen <laughs> because it's always nice to give back and, um, and like pass on your knowledge for sure. Cause I, you know, you can't get it any otherwise until you experience it yourself and you need to get for there sure. with the help of someone. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my feeling anyways. Yeah. Because you don't, you know, the, these kids don't know what they don't know. And, and you can pass along a lot of that on. Now, I love that. I love that so much. And um, mm -hmm. um, so one of the last things I wanted to ask you, since you're so busy there in the velodrome, and I know you're finished school like in three days. <laughs> so maybe this is like, but for anybody who's pursuing like, big dreams like that you know you're in school how do you manage your day and your week to make sure that you know you get your studies and you're ready for tests but you're also you know the the uh, expectation you need to bring out on the track like how do you manage it all if you can give some great insight to that there's your first first set of insights and feedback here <laughs> how do you put how do you make it all work yeah I mean I think the best person to answer this question would be Annie which she's one of my teammates <laughs> is in she's training for Tokyo right now in the team pursuit and she is also full-time med school um I'm actually interviewing her at the end <laughs> of April yeah she's like I uh you know can can you talk to me at the end of April I'm like sure yeah <laughs> I think she has exams you would probably have exams yeah. too yeah she I mean she would definitely be um the best one to give tips and tricks on how to manage your time with school and and training but I mean yeah I try if I don't have a schedule like I'll be pretty all over the place so just having you know a training schedule at least a week ahead of time and being able to like pick the days um or the times that I'll be able to study um and knowing when I won't be able to study like and not kind of put, putting pressure on myself. Like we had a camp in the last couple of weeks also, and it was also kind of finals week. Um, so I I knew like the days that I could study and I like, I know myself well enough to be like, there is no way I can study today. And like, because we have a track session and a gym session. And I know that after that, I'll be totally brain dead and that there's no way you know so like mm -hmm. I don't go home and try to study and then get frustrated because it's not working so right. like I was like I know I won't be able to study on whatever Tuesday and Friday but I have a rest day on Wednesday and I only have a road ride a shorter road ride on on Thursday so I'll be able to do most of it there so it's kind of like yeah planning ahead like a week ahead I mean is good enough for me at least to like really know when I'll be able to study and yeah I've like come to know myself well enough that now I can yeah I know when I'll have the mental 
energy to do it and when I won't and I can kind of plan it that way now for your school is that all at night or is that at is that at your own pace or do you have to be in classes um it's in my well it's at my own pace um I mean we have kind of lectures and and readings and okay. work or whatever to do every week so you kind of have mm -hmm. to keep up with the week to week uh, demand of the courses but there's mm -hmm. no like no like online lectures that you have to connect at a certain time oh on a certain okay. that makes it good yeah it was pretty good um so yeah i was able to to get it done i mean almost done in three days so hopefully <laughs> three days yeah but then you got finals right and then you're done for the the summer or i'm done finals in three days so oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. Like officially done, done school done. in three days yeah <laughs> done done whoa yeah so what are you gonna do yeah. fill your time with <laughs> oh, oh okay just a second i did read you took up knitting yeah <laughs> so so actually jenny had that in her bio and i was like i wonder if she's just kidding about that because you know how people are like yeah i just you know i knit <laughs> and oh, then no. i saw it in yours and i'm like Okay, maybe this is a real, this is a thing. <laughs> it said, one of your teammates showed you, how, I mean, I knit too, and I get it, like, you just sort of, something to do, you're producing something, it, it kills time. <laughs> I mean, so what knitting a, project have you done? <laughs> it's a, it's a very funny story. So last, <laughs> oh, I want to hear it. Last year, so leading into 2020 World Championships, um so like december 2019 to february 2020 we were in new zealand um to train basically for worlds and for the olympics that were supposed to happen um <laughs> and there's this awesome little knitting store in the in the town we were staying in which is in cambridge this is where the well one of the new zealand velodrome is at um and there's a little knitting store and my teammate georgia she she has knitted for i don't know a very long time she actually learned it in school she went to a waldorf school um and apparently oh. you have knitting classes there which is awesome <laughs> waldorf yeah it's open mind that's awesome <laughs> yeah so she <laughs> she was i don't know is she like a sweater knitter like she did like, no or socks like she just like produces and hats and scarves georgia it's so funny because we we talked about it later and she's like i like to have small little projects that are done really quickly um oh. i mean we're i it's so funny we're so everybody's got of, socks and mittens and yeah and scarves we're and pretty hats. much the like opposite <laughs> in that way that like she she like fast moving kind of paces and finish a project get another one started you know she's always on the go and then um i you know i've been knitting i think since i mean it's been a year and a couple months now that i started knitting and i've done like 
sweaters like I think three of them and you know I like the big long project um so in that way Georgia and I are the total opposite awesome but um but you still sit knit together Um. yeah she showed me how to knit when we were in New Zealand just before Christmas 2019 and I made a hat I was like that's cool I finished it pretty quickly. I made another hat. I was like, okay, that's cool. I actually made a hat for our coach's daughter. And then I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. I was like, maybe I can make a sweater. And she was like, you started knitting three weeks ago. You're going to make a sweater. And I was like, yep, why not? I'll take an easy one. Like, And then I started knitting a sweater during our training camp in New Zealand, like beginning of January. And I actually finished it on the plane home from Worlds in, um, that was like beginning of March, 2020. Um, Yeah, and then, you know, I've been hooked ever since. And she's so funny because she's like, the student, she keeps saying the students definitely like, um, how do you say that? Like better the master or something. so like the students mastered the teacher no yeah something like that you know (laughs) um so I mean I've been loving it it's great I'm doing all sorts of projects I have this scarf right now that I'm doing okay is it close by uh yep (laughs) yeah bring it over (laughs) okay I'll be back (laughs) yeah it's pretty good um okay I'm still surprised like wow I love the colors oh is it two it's it's like two layered um I've been asked why I'm doing that it's two layered I'm gonna like close it off here so it's like a thick sweater but not sweater it's like a thick scarf very long very small needles um it's taking me uh, forever. small needles oh yeah <laughs> i've wow. been asked like why do you do a double layered scarf on such small needle and i'm like it's going to take so long and i'm like yeah <laughs> what else am i gonna do <laughs> you know i yeah so there's a I great started, there's a great started, sweater you can make like that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the amount of wool I've used for the scarf is more than it requires for a sweater. So that's probably a hundred dollar scarf right there, based on mm-hmm. how much wool is. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Well, actually, it's not funny because I think it's great to have something therapeutic to do while you're in between everything you can just pick up and continue where you left off but I can't believe you did a sweater that's really amazing I have not passed like a scarf I'm like I always wanted to do like socks Mm -hmm. Um, but I can't sit still long enough to get things finished that's my problem when it comes to to knitting (laughs) um all right so we (laughs) okay what else we gonna talk about but I am like, this is so great. Like, what else can I ask you? What else? What? Okay. Um, Now, Ariane, 
if you could give some advice to a new cyclist, like I know that Jenny has like some junior, like new kids or like, even if you were had um, like a cadet, like a 15 year old who has the ambition to, you know, go Olympics like you, what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I was actually asked that not too long ago. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. It's definitely, I like, I think, and I, it might sound cliche, but like enjoying the process and kind of going through the motion um, is very important and not, not missing any steps. Um, I think one of the things I've realized is like, you know, you're 15 or 14 or whatever, and you have this big dreams of going to the Olympics, which I did at that age, for sure. Um, and honestly, like looking back on it, like at that age, I had this dream of going to the games, but I never really thought that it would happen. You know, it seems so big from where I was at the time, you know, like not even being able to, to win provincial races. And then I had this dream of like winning an Olympic gold, but I think having small goals along the way um, and kind of baby steps just makes it a lot more first enjoyable and second manageable. Um, I think for a period of my career, after kind of junior and all, um, I didn't really allow myself to to celebrate those small achievements. And I, yeah, like I got myself in a pretty dark spot just thinking I was never good enough because the one goal that I had was to, you know, to make it to the Olympics. And it was, it was hard not yeah, really not having anything else to, to kind of celebrate um, along the way. And I just, you know, I had goals that I met and I kind of just brushed them off and I was like, well, I did that, but that's still not good enough uh, to make it to the Olympics. And it's something that I've kind of came back to in the last couple of years is to like, even a daily goal, like getting to the track like those small steps like even if it's like oh I just completed my training today like you know it's it's those small steps and I've I was actually reading a, a book um, a couple months ago that was like I can't quite remember the quote but it was like greatness is achieved by um, a series of very small task and each of them are, are very doable so it's like instead of looking at the the time I'm gonna have to ride at, in Tokyo in order to win the gold medal which is fast and sometimes it doesn't feel doable sometimes it does um, but it's like what are all the small steps that I need to do to get there and you know now I can see it better and you know I have we have a hundred days a little less than a hundred days now and as much as like probably if you put me and the team on the track tomorrow we wouldn't be able to ride that time that's required to win a gold medal like 
just going through the motion and accomplishing all those small tasks every day, I'm very confident that in a hundred day we'll we'll ride a, a gold medal race. So is this it's all four of you, right? Together? Yeah, we're five. So there's five on the team, four races at once. Um, but there's three rounds, so we're able to rotate people okay. from races to races. Um, yeah. And it sounds like when I think about your your journey to where you are, you were almost, it looks like at the right place at the right time for some of them, you know, like, you know, the Quebec group, you know, developing their racing there, being, um, you know, moving to the OBC, because that's what a lot of kids do, because they have like their, um, um, their program for older kids. And then Jenny actually going on there and her bringing you with into her team and getting that experience. And then, you know, it just seems like a lot of things did fall into place for you at the right time to get you where you were. Cause like you said, you know, as a teenager, it's, well, it's, it's a dream, but it seems like, Oh, how could it possibly happen? But you need all those steps to happen to, to get to where you are. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, I think if you just focus on, on that one big goal, it you're gonna kind of miss all those important steps yeah. around that yeah that will eventually bring you there yeah so that's awesome i love that and we're of course going to be watching you ladies <laughs> in the velodrome uh in tokyo super exciting and i guess like i'm praying it's going to happen i'm sure you are too but like you said you can't think about that. You're just going to an event in, you know, in well for August, and you're gonna do the best and bring home that medal. Um, <laughs> and then we'll have to have you back on because I yeah. It's so is is Worlds is right after, right? Are you going there? Is there a series of competitions after Olympics? Um. Yeah, worlds are still on the calendar in October. Um, I will not go. Um, <laughs> I will not be going. I've debated it. I mean, if they still happen, they can very well be canceled. But I've debated it. I, I kind of wanted to go at first. And then thinking about kind of the future and wanting to race in, in at Commonwealth Games uh, just a year later, um, I thought that taking a break right after the games, you know, a couple months, um, even to just enjoy life um, <laughs> with family and friends and, and my yeah. too, uh, <laughs> before kind of building back um, right. to Commonwealth Games. And yeah, I just thought that if I kept pushing through worlds and then took a break like in December, January, I wouldn't really have enough time to build that. Mm -hmm. Hopefully also 
individual pursued gold medal that that's I right because games so I wanted to do it at first and then thought about it and thought it would be best for kind of long-term goals um and mental health too to just take a break <laughs> I think that's really important because it's nice to hear that you gave it that thought because you know tacking on all those events even though like it's it's world and it's great and it'll be you know you know possible but then like you said like your real your real goal is commonwealth and that's and taking time off yeah to see family and re recharge i think is super important especially after you know august so but with that, so then you'll have time to come back on and give us an update on how everything went down <laughs> in yeah. the fall. So I'm excited about that yeah. and everybody should be excited. So <laughs> thank you so much to our listeners and thank you, Ariane, for being on here. Um, oh, just give me chills um, to be talking to our Olympic athletes, our female Olympic athletes. And um, so, Thank you to our listeners. Let us know what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. And um, we'd also, Ariane, don't forget to follow us both on social media, and um, which is in the description of the episode. And also put your notifications on. And we would love a review. Five stars, of course. Uh, right, Ariane? <laughs> Always. Always. And thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to put those notifications on so you don't miss the episodes coming up with more Olympic athletes and, um, and more amazing people who are doing things around cycling. Thank you very much, everybody. Thanks a lot, Ariane, again. And have yourself an amazing day. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.